Hey, Joe, several times this year, you have used a timeout right after the other team has used one. I know they're all unique situations, but do you view that as like if you have one available, there's not, you know, it's a, there's no risk in kind of using it to see maybe what the offense came out in and just using it strategically because you have it? Yeah, there's all different situations in terms of maybe you're trying to sneak a look at what they're doing. Uh, maybe there's an adjustment you want to make to your own defense, or maybe it's a situation where it could be, you know, a kicking situation as well. They're all unique. If you have one, you think it's the right time to use it. Ultimately, you'd like to save your timeouts as much as you could for the end of the game, but there are certain situations that may tie into scoring situations, third or fourth down, go for it situations, or sometimes just within the middle of the drive, you've got to go ahead and stop the clock right there and make an adjustment. Thanks. Tom Rock. Joe, I don't have to remind you, there's, there's only one win so far, and, and you're playing the team that you have it against. Is, is there anything you draw from that this week when you talk to the players in terms of either X's and O's or just sort of recapturing the feeling of that win afterwards and, and, and things like that? No, the only thing that's relevant from the last time we played this team is what we can learn about ourselves and how we matched up with them individually and then schematically how they tried to attack us. But they've made adjustments as well. We went in the last game plan based on the tape before our game. You know, you go through our game, there were things they did different than we expected. And then they played Dallas. They had obviously an explosive game and they've had a bye week, which gives them time to make adjustments internally. So I don't expect to see the same team. They've been playing at a very explosive level. They're very talented. Um, I don't expect to see the same game plan from them. So we can't go in and, and just think this is going to be the same game. Obviously, it's the same uniforms, uh, but they're going to make adjustments. We have to make adjustments as well. Zach. You guys uh, claimed Dante Pettis on uh, waivers. I was wondering, you know, what, what made you guys want to go and get him, and what, what do you like about him as a receiver? And he obviously has experience as a returner from college. That was pretty prolific, too. Yeah, I think there's a lot of guys who had exposure to him from when he came out from college, as you just, as you just referred to. Um, he's got a level of talent. We'd like to see him in the building, give him a chance to get out there and work. But, uh, you know, we're always looking at, you know, the waiver all the time and trying to see if there's any way we can add someone to our roster we think can help. So, you know, he won't be available for you know a few days still. He's got the protocol to get into our program. Uh, gives him a little bit of window of time to, to travel and kind of get acclimated. Gives us a little bit of window of time with the current roster right here. But we have a spot open right now. We're only at 52 um, until he officially counts. Thanks. Okay. Joe, you said you expect everything to be business as usual with Golden today. I mean, did he report? And is it business as usual? Yes. Okay, and then, I mean, you're obviously a first-time head coach, you know, it's sort of blank slate. How aware of you with every decision you make, you're, you know, setting a precedent, whether it's with what you did with Golden or with Andrew Thomas for being late. I mean, just how aware of you of how that's setting a precedent? Yeah, I'm conscious of my decisions will always be looked at throughout the building and throughout the decisions I make. Biggest thing I have to do is be consistent in the decisions I make based on the circumstances involved. So I've got a philosophy. We have team rules are clearly laid out to our players. Uh, there's not a lot of gray area in anything we do as a program. So, you know, it's what it is. Thanks, Joe. We'll take three more, Jordan, Paul, and Zach. Jordan? I have a different question, but just to follow up on that for a second, did you feel the need to talk about this specific case with the entire team? And what's the thinking behind that when you, when you get into these situations? Yeah, I address decisions with the team on a regular basis. So, Something happens, I'll talk to them in a squad meeting or I'll address the captains individually or as a group. Um, but whoever needs to be communicated with, I always keep them in the loop. And also, what, what have you thought about your defense this year? And, and how much more are you able to throw at the guys now? Maybe you know, you're midway through the season than you were early in the season. Yeah, I think you know at, at this point in the season, Jordan, they're used to some of the multiples we're dealing with. 
it's given them some time, you know, working with Pat and those coaches, really getting kind of a feel and being on the same page as them. And you can see the players able to handle more right now, not because they, you know, couldn't handle it mentally before. It just was a new system. There's a lot of details in terms of how you want to do things. When I turned the tape on from the other night, I saw our defense doing a lot of things that we've been working in one way or another over the last call it, month or so that are really starting to take shape in the way that we really picture uh, with the details, the understanding, the adjustments, the communication. So that's moving in the right direction. I think Pat's doing a great job with that. The entire defense staff does a tremendous job in terms of trying to find the right matchups for our guys and the right plan on a weekly basis. Paul Schwartz. Hey, Joe. Hey, Paul. Um, hey, you talk uh, all the time about um, things you'll tolerate on the team with the players and things um, you need to improve with the team, with the players. But you always mention the coaches with that, too, players and coaches. Um, is this a sign of how demanding you are with your staff? And also, you know, do you look at this as a growing staff also that needs to improve along with the players? I need to improve. Every coach on the staff needs to improve. Every player needs to improve. That's our job. On a daily basis, we have to come and be better than we were the day before. So there's no exception, no matter what your record is, what point, uh, what point you are in your career. Uh, that never stops. Improvement has to be the constant right there. Um, but the reason I talk about the coach is because, yeah, we're all held accountable. We're all responsible for how our players are playing, how our units are playing, how our team is playing. So that's our job. You know, We're measured by the results on the field. So every coach is held accountable like every player is held accountable. And it starts with me. Thank you. Zach? Um, Joe, what did you think of Andrew Thomas the other day? Did you think he took a step forward? Yeah, you know, I've seen this guy take a step forward every week. I thought he did a good job the other night along with Shane and Matt and Nick and Cam and Kevin. I thought they all played a good game, played a tough game. There's obviously plays you turn on, you have to correct technique or maybe an assignment or communication thing. That's always going to happen. We're always striving for the perfect game. But within that, we're all perfectionists, so we're always going to find something to go ahead and pick on and make sure we tweak and improve. Uh, that being said, this guy has been playing with great effort every game. You know, he's been doing a really good job coming to work every day and just you know putting the team first and doing everything we ask him to do. That's one here, Art. Hey, Joe. Hogan hey. uh, shared with us yesterday the, the story about what had transpired with his wife and the medical situation, but he. He told the story, uh, I think, to kind of praise you and the organization and what you're trying to build. Um, can you shed any light in terms of your approach when something like this happens with a player? I know earlier this season, uh, you know, what happened with, with Derek Dillon and, and set, you know, letting him go home and come back. Why, how important is that to let your players know uh, that that's the way things work within your program? I think you have to keep things in perspective. Um, there are some things that, you know, a guy may come to you too and you say, hey, look, we can't miss practice or game for that. And there's other things that are real life critical. Um, you've got to have relationships with your players that you understand, you know, what makes them tick. And they have to have a relationship with you to understand that you had their best interests at heart. Uh, we're very demanding on our players. Um, I don't apologize for that. I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm very critical of our guys. I'm very blunt and honest with them. But at the same time, you know, if you genuinely care about the players you're coaching, then you can coach them hard and you can be critical because they understand at the end of the day that you're coming from a genuine place and you're being sincere to try to help them. Um, I don't want to go too far into Logan's situation. Uh, Pat mentioned me earlier that he had shared that story. I mean, just to me, look, look, um, there comes a point where you've got to keep in perspective that your job, no matter what the profession is, is your job and your family is your family. Uh, and you got to take care of your family first. So 
I've known Logan for some time. Um, he's a tremendous family man. But for any player in our locker room, you know, if they have a similar situation, you know, it's always going to be, you know, you put your family first. And that's something I've, you know, played and worked for a lot of coaches that have always put those priorities in line. And the few exceptions uh, that I've been around, more in the uh, avenue of assistance that didn't put those things in priorities, it was tough to buy into what they're trying to sell to me in a position room, to be honest with you. You know, they kind of lost me pretty fast as a player. So I always took that with me, you know, I got into coaching that, you know, you can't make it all about the X's and O's. Uh, as a coach, I can't ever let players feel any kind of pressure that, you know, we may feel as coaches. That's not their job. It's our job as a team to perform and improve. Um, but I'm a very big believer in relationships within a team. Um, kind of ties in a lot of what I said yesterday in terms of keeping things internally. Uh, that helps as far as keeping these relationships strong and building that trust we need to get through a lot of situations.